The previous Mishnah listed two types of food which one may not take out from Eretz Yisrael into Chutz La'aretz. And then Rabbi Shimon said that Surya is not part of Chutz La'aretz. Remember, Surya is the area of Eretz Yisrael which David HaMelech conquered before conquering the Eretz Yisrael which was originally part of the land. And David HaMelech extended the borders before conquering the entire land itself. So contrary Shimon, with regards to this halacha, Surya is considered like Eretz Yisrael. Now this mission is going to follow a very similar structure, but this time we're discussing the things which you're not allowed to bring in from Chutz Laaretz into Eretz Yisrael. And this time there's only one type of food on the list, and that is a Mavian Truma Mechutz Laaretz Laaretz. One cannot bring in Truma from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. Now Truma is the gift which goes to the Karnim. The farmer separates a certain amount of his produce and gives it to the Karnim. And the reason why you can't bring it into Eretz Yisrael is because as we learned in the previous Mishnah, Midrabonon, all the lands outside of Eretz Yisrael are considered Tome. We explained the reason was because they would bury the dead sort of anywhere, so you can never be sure the way you're walking is Tahar. Because if you're walking over where somebody dead is buried, then you would become Tome. Now as we know, a Kohen is not allowed to become Tome from a dead body, which means that a Kohen is not really allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael, because then he'll become Tome. Now if you start bringing in lots of truma from outside of Eretz Yisrael, then Karnim will end up following that and going to Chutz Oretz to try and get even more truma, and then they'll become Tome. And therefore one is not allowed to bring any truma from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael to prevent Karnim going to Chutz Oretz and becoming Tome in order to get more truma. Now it's very important to realize what are we talking about when we when we talk about truma from Chutz Oretz? Truma only applies in Eretz Yisrael. So how can there ever be truma in Chutz Laaretz? So the answer is that during the times of the Nevi'im, they instituted that certain lands which surround Eretz Yisrael, such as Bovel, such as Egypt, such as the lands of Amon and Moav, those lands are also obligated in truma. And also the other tithes which go to the Nevi'im or the poor people, they decreed that these tithes would apply even in those lands. However, those lands are still not part of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore they are Tomei, so you would not be able to bring that truma into Eretz Yisrael. Now another important thing to realize is that truma which is Tomei, the only thing you can do with that is use it, you have to burn it. So the only thing which a Kohen could do with it was to use it maybe to burn his firewood or to burn oil. They couldn't actually eat it. However, even that small use of the truma might still cause Karnim to leave Eretz Yisrael in order to get it, and therefore we are not allowed to bring any truma from outside of Eretz Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. However, once again Rabbi Shimon argues, and Omar Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, I heard explicitly from my teachers, from Vim Surya, that one is allowed to bring truma from Surya, the aim of aim chutz but you're still not allowed to, he agrees that you're not allowed to bring from the other lands outside of Eretz Yisrael, which are close to Eretz Yisrael. But according to Shimon, you can bring it from Surya. And the reason is the same as we explained in the previous Mishnah. That with regards to Surya, according to Shimon, that is considered more like Eretz Yisrael than the other lands. And therefore, although the ground of Surya is Tomei, the airspace above the ground is still considered Tahar. So technically, a Kohen could still go to Surya, on the back of a horse, and he would never touch the ground, and he would remain Tahar. And therefore, Kuntribi Shimon, you can bring the truma from Surya, because even if a coin is caused and encouraged to go into Surya, even then he's not certainly going to become Tomei, and therefore it is permitted. As we have seen a few times already, the Torah says that the use of Shemitah produce, the Hoysa Shabbos Ha'aretz Lachem Le'ochla, 
It's for eating. We learned from there that you can't waste spitter produce. You can't use spitter produce in business. You've got to eat it. Now, another thing which we learned from that posuk is to do with which things gain the sanctity of Paris Chavis. So on a basic level, that's anything which is edible and which is eaten in general. That certainly gains the sanctity of Schmitter produce. So you wouldn't be able to do business with it, you wouldn't be able to waste it. You'd have to eat it in the regular manner. And we're going to see in the coming Mishnayas that it's not just things which are eaten which can gain the sanctity of Paris Chavis. Rather, any produce which is consumed in a similar way to eating will gain the Kedusha of Perishavirs, the sanctity of Shmita produce. So what does that involve? The answer is, just like when you eat something, at the exact same time as you're benefiting and enjoying that food, you're also consuming it, you're eating it up, you're destroying the food. So too, anything which the benefit occurs at the same time as it is being used up, that produce would also gain the Kedusha of Peres Shavies. And the main thing which this includes is dyes. Because when you use produce, when you use plants in order to dye something, you boil up the plants, and as the plants are boiled up and destroyed, at that same time they dye the piece of cloth or whatever you're dyeing. And therefore plants, even if they are not edible, if they are used for dyeing, then they would gain the Kedusha of Peres Shavies. So says the Mishnah, Klau Godol Omba Shavies. A big important rule, the Chachom said with regards to Shmita, and that is, anything which is food for a man, it's produce which is edible, and we're going to see later on in the Mishnah, even if it's not usually eaten, as long as it's edible and occasionally it is eaten by humans, it would still come under this category, as well as something which is edible for animals, the Torah says specifically that Shmita produce will be for animals, so we see from there that food, produce which is only edible for animals, does gain the Kedusha of Peres And thirdly, as well as something which is a type of dye, or it's a plant which is used in order to dye things, those three things, those three categories, would gain Kedusha's Peres Now the Mishnah is also going to tell us in a moment that because Schmitter applies to these things, beer also applies to these things. Beer, as we have already seen a number of times, is the point in time during Schmitter that a type of that a specific type of produce is no longer left in the fields for the animals, and at that stage one is obligated to remove that type of produce from his house, and that is what is known as beer. Now if you think about it, if there's a type of produce which could technically be left in the ground forever, or at least for a couple of years, and it wouldn't decompose or disintegrate, for those type of produces, beer would never apply. Because there's always going to be some plants of that type which aren't cut off the ground. And if they don't get ruined and decompose if they're, if, they, if they're left in the ground, then there'll always be those things available for the animals, which means that it will never come to a stage of beer where you'll have to get rid of that produce from your house. And so the Mishnah says that Enemis Kaimba Oretz, if it's something which does not last in the ground, meaning if you leave it in the ground, it will decompose. It won't last, and therefore beer can apply to it. And the reason why the Mishnah is talking about this is for the beer example in a moment. But the Mishnah now says, Yeshle Shavirs, the Kedusha, the sanctity of Shmita produce, does apply to plants which are edible for humans, plants which are edible for animals, and plants which are used for dyeing. Yeshle Shavirs, the Dom of Shavirs, Shmita applies to them, and Shmita applies to their money. Meaning, if somebody redeems Shmita produce onto money, or if somebody illegally does business with Perishavirs, so the money which is used to pay for that Shmita produce also gains the Kedusha of Perishavirs. So you wouldn't be able to waste that money, you wouldn't be able to do business with that money, and so the mission is saying that anything which Shmita applies to, any produce which Shmita applies to, that would also apply to money which is used to pay for that produce. 
And now says the Mishnah, yesh lo beer. Beer does apply to these three things if they cannot last in the ground. Because if they can last in the ground, then they would always be available for animals and therefore it wouldn't come to a stage of beer. And just like Shmita applies to the money which is used to buy Shmita produce, the same goes for beer, or the dumb of beer. Beer would also apply to the money, you'd have to destroy the money if you still have it by the time it reaches beer. And now for the remaining part of the Mishnah, we're going to see that even things which are not regularly eaten, or not regularly used as dyes, as long as they can be, Shmita does apply to them. So the Eze, what would come under these categories? Zale alufa shoite, the leaf of a wild luf, some sort of wild onion. Although this is very bitter, and therefore it was not commonly eaten, it was still edible, you can mix it with other things, and therefore Shmita does apply to it. The Alea dandana, the leaf of a mint plant, Ha'ulshin, this is a plant known as an endive, the Ha'creation, leeks, Wa'haragilov and Itzacholov, these are two types of very flowery plants. The Regilov is more colourful, whereas the Itzacholov is very white. All the things we've listed so far are things which are technically edible for human beings, and even though often they are not eaten, when push comes to shove they could be eaten, and especially during Shmitah where there were, there were less plants readily available, because no one worked the land, so people would eat these and therefore Shmitah does apply to them. Umacho behema. What are examples of things which are edible for animals? Hachuchim v'hadakdorim. Thorns and thistles. Although only certain animals would eat these, they still gain the sanctity of Peres Shavias. And lastly, umimin hatsoivim. What are examples of plants used for dyeing? Sefiche istis, which was used for blue dye, and vakoitza. That was a plant used for red dye. So the Mishnah itself, all these things, Yeshlam Shavias, Vilidmeim Shavias, these things and the money which is used to buy these things have Shmita produce, have, sorry, have the sanctity of Shmita produce, and Yeshlam Bira, Vilidmeim Bir, and Bir also applies to them and it would also apply it to money used to buy them. Mishnah base, we're now going to see the flip side of the previous Mishnah. The Udkal Acher Omru and the Chachon also said another rule with regards to Shmita produce. And we're going to change a couple of words here, because the version of the Bartunura, which is the way we're going to explain the Mishnah, read the following words, Kol shehu adam, Any plants which are either edible for humans or edible for animals, or used for dyeing, so in that sense it's the same as the previous Mishnah, but this time when we're skying Ba'aretz, the plant can last in the ground. It will not decompose or disintegrate, and because of that we're going to see that beer will not apply to it, because there'll always be plants which are left in the ground, and therefore there'll always be plants which are available for animals. So the Mishnah says, Yesh lo yishavies of shavies. Shmita does apply to them, and Shmita applies to the money which is used to buy them as well, because they are edible, or they're used for dying, but ain't no beer of ain't of beer. Beer would not apply to them, and beer would not apply to the money either. And Ezehu, what would these, what would examples of this be? Ikar lufashoite, the root of the wild luf, the wild onion, the Ikaradandana, the root of the mint plant, Vahakravonim. This is some sort of plant which looks a bit like a scorpion. Vahachalbitsin and Chalbitsin are the roots of the Nitzacholov which you had in the previous Mishnah. Some sort of flowery plant, so the root is called Chalbitsin. And the root does last in the ground, Vahabuchria. And this is some other sort of plant which also lasts in the ground. And therefore, beer would not apply to it. Umimin what are examples of something which is used for dye, but can last in the ground? Hapua v'harachpa. Pua is used for red dye, and rachpa is also used for dye, and the flowers on a rachpa plant are also very colourful. 
So all these things, Yeshlam Shavis and Dem Shavis, Shmita does apply to them and the money which is used to buy them, but in Lahem Beer Valid Mehem Beer, Beer would not apply to them or to the money used to buy them, because they do last in the ground, which means they'll always be available for the animals. Now Rebimeir is about to argue not on the beer in general, but on the beer which applies to the money. Rebimeir says, the Mehem is Barina Rosh Hashanah, their money has to be gotten rid of by Rosh Hashanah, this is talking about the beginning of the 8th year, the year following Shemitah. And the reason for Rimeir is that although technically the money should not have beer, because the money only gains the Kedusha of Shavies because it's being used to buy other Shemitah produce. So if the Shemitah produce which it's buying doesn't have beer, then of course the money can't have beer either. However, Rimeir is concerned, because when it comes to the produce itself, so people know that this produce is something which beer does not apply to. Let's say it's the root of a mint of a mint plant. The people know that the root of a mint plant doesn't have beer. But once it's transferred onto money, all money looks the same. So if you allow somebody to not destroy this money and not use it up, then he might end up mixing this money with money which does have beer, because that other money was used to buy real Schmitta produce, to which beer did apply. So I end up mixing money which has beer with money which doesn't have beer, and he might not get rid of any of the money. And as well as this, even if it doesn't get mixed up with other money, we can't allow him to keep Schmidt on money forever, or for years, he'll end up using it for something forbidden, he'll end up using it for business, or he'll end up wasting the money. But to prevent this happening, Rabbi Meir says that the money has to be gotten rid of by the end of the Schmidt year. However, Amrul Chachom said to him, we're not concerned, he will keep this money safe and he'll know that this is the money which does not have beer, and therefore we go back to the logic which we had at the beginning, that Lohenin beer, if the produce itself does not have beer, then Kavachemunid Mehen. All the more so does the money which is used to purchase that Schmitter produce, all the more so beer should not apply to that money, because that money only gained this sanctity from the other produce which didn't have beer. Mishnah Gimel, Klippe Rimein Vahanit Shaloi. The outer peel, the outer shell of a pomegranate, as well as its blossom, Klippe Geizim, the outer shell of walnuts, these three things were used for dyes, Vahagal Inen, and pips of fruit, and this is referring to pits which are edible. So for these four types of produce, Yeshlaim Shavias will name Shavias, Shmita does apply to them, and Shmita also applies to money used to buy them. Now whether beer also applies to these things or not is a big machlaika. Some people hold that it does apply to all of these things. Some hold that it doesn't apply to any of them. Some hold that it applies to some of them. There's all different opinions, but the Mishnah only talks about Schmitter, whether Schmitter applies to them, and it does because they're either used for dyes or for eating. Now says the Mishnah, although we have seen that one is allowed to use Schmitter produce for dyeing, if that's the regular use of that produce, of that plant, Hatzabot Atzmai. Somebody who dies can only die for himself. But Veloid's Baba Sachar, he cannot die for profit. Because one is not allowed to do business with Schmitter produce. And most learn that this is learned from the Possek. All the Schmitter produce will be for you for eating, which implies that you can eat it, but you cannot do business with it. Now, that does not mean that you can never sell Schmitter produce. We're going to see later on in our Mishnah that it's only forbidden if you do it in a business way. If you make a whole business out of it, then it's forbidden. And now the Mishnah goes a bit sidetracked and talks about other things which one is not allowed to do business with. One cannot do business with firstborn animals. The halacha is that a firstborn animal goes to a Kohen, and if it does not have any wounds on it, any blemishes, then the Kohen needs to offer it up on the Mizbeach. But if it does have a mum, if it does have some sort of injury, 
then it can't be offered up on the Mizbeach, rather the Kohen gets to keep it. Now the mission is telling us that one is not allowed to do business, even a Kohen can't do business, with a Bechur, which has an injury. And the reason for this is because even though it belongs to the Kohen, so you would think that he could do what he likes with it, the Halacha is one is not allowed to work an animal which is a Bechur. And he's also not allowed to cut the wool off the animal. And we're concerned that if we allow him to sell the Bechurus, then he's going to wait for the market price to go upwards, which means that he'll keep the animals for quite a long time, but we don't want him to keep the animals for a long time, because if he keeps them for a long time, then he may come to do something forbidden with them, for example, to shear them, or to work them in the fields. So to prevent him keeping them for so long, we say that he cannot sell them. One is also not allowed to sell Truma, which is the gift which goes to Karnim, and a non cone is forbidden to eat. So you can't do business with it in case a non-Kohen comes to eat it. One can't do business with an animal which dies without Shechita. If an animal dies without Shechita, then it's treif, it's forbidden to eat. One cannot do business with an animal which has an internal wound. That also makes it not kosher. You can't do business with various non-kosher animals. Shkotzim is the word which refers to smaller animals which are not kosher. mosim. this is the word which refers to very small non-kosher animals, such as worms and flies and so on. And the reason why one cannot do business with these things is once again because he might come to eat it. Now the truth is, because the concern is about eating it, you would be allowed to sell horses, for example or other working animals, which are much more commonly used for working than for eating, because then we're not concerned that you'll eat it. When it comes to other animals which are not worked, one cannot do business with them because he might come to eat it. Alright, now we go back to Schmitter, doing business with Schmitter produce, and the Mishnah tells us, One is not allowed to buy or to collect from the fields vegetables, and then in Mechibashuk, sell those vegetables in the marketplace. Because that's literally like a business. You're buying it or you're collecting it in order to sell it on. So that is certainly forbidden. However, Avil Hulokate, but he could gather them, let's say he could pick them from the fields, and then somebody else, in fact, even of a night, even his son, Michael Yodai, would sell it for him, because that's much less like a business. It's not like he's buying it and then selling it. He's buying it, somebody else is selling it on. So it's not so clearly like a business, and therefore this would be permitted. And furthermore, if he bought vegetables for himself, intending to eat them himself, and then once he bought them and ate a few of them, he had some left over. So in that case, he clearly didn't buy them in order to sell them on, and therefore it's not like a business, so you are allowed to sell it. So we see clearly from this Mishnah that the prohibition of selling Schmidt produce and buying it is only if it's done in a business way. But the actual selling or buying itself is not forbidden if you just do it, let's say, as a one-off, or because you have some left over. But it is important to remember that even when you can buy it or sell it, the money which is used to purchase it, that gains Schmidt sanctity as well. So you wouldn't be able to just waste it.